0: Welcome to my home. This is actually where I nurture a secret history with God. I grab a cup of coffee and my Bible and a devotional and a pen. And each day I spend time connecting with God. Now, why do I do this? I do this because God is both my father and my friend. He's my provider and my anchor. He's powerful and he's faithful. And right now in this storm, he is near And he wants to help us. He wants us to connect with him because knowing him actually helps me know myself. And he's inviting us to actually nurture a secret history with him because building history is one of the ways that we grow in relationship. You know, think about this. Think about your other relationships. You, you know, have shared memories and you have challenges and victories and inside jokes And those things all bind you together. They help you feel connected. And it's the same way with God. We build a secret history with him so that we can grow closer, so that we can trust in who he is. Maybe you're someone who is seeking right now. You're not in relationship with Jesus, but you have questions. And we want to say welcome. We're so glad that you're here. I hope what I share today encourages you to continue to seek after Jesus. You know, it's no secret that we're in a difficult season. I go up and I go down. I have good days and I have hard days. I read the news and there's some good news and I feel encouraged. And then the next day, the news isn't so encouraging. And then I need to take a break from the news for a few days. This is a really challenging challenging time and if you're in the state of illinois like we are you know that the stay-at-home order has been extended for another month and i know that many of us were feeling discouraged we're feeling weary and so that leads me to ask the question what is our foundation during this time what is our north star what is our compass what is guiding and directing us and i believe that it is our relationship with god there's an invitation To take our eyes off of our circumstances, to take our eyes off of our feelings, and that's hard for me because I'm a feeler, and instead choose to connect with God. When we connect with him, he reminds us of who he is and he reminds us of who we are. And so today I want to give you a little inside peek into my life. And to share with you something that I feel like the Holy Spirit has been teaching me and talking to me about. You know, I'm a naturally curious person. I love to ask questions. And so I've been asking the Holy Spirit questions. And I've been asking him, you know, what do you want us to learn during this season? And I think there are many lessons, but I heard him say something to me that I believe is for all of us. You know, it was Albert Einstein um, who famously said, in the midst of every crisis... Lies great opportunity. And I believe that this is true for us that in the midst of the COVID 19 crisis lies a great opportunity. I believe that the Father has spoken a word to me, and this is what He said He said, Clutter has clouded what matters most. Clutter has clouded what matters most. So right now, you're going to want to drop a little cloud emoji in our chat, or you could write the word clouded because Holy Spirit, he, he actually wants to talk to us about this. Clutter has clouded what matters most. And you know what I heard the Spirit say? It's time for a spring clean. It's time for a spring clean. Well, what do I mean by this? Well, first, let's look at the problem of more. You know, it's a short word that our world loves, isn't it? More power, more money, more stuff. I think it's actually safe to say that our world is obsessed with more. They have a core value of more. Our schedules are cluttered with activities and programs and things that take us from, you know, here to there. Our wallets are constantly stretched as we're trying to keep up with the latest trends and the gadgets. Our homes are filled with toys that our children don't want to play with, which if you could take a look around my house right now, you'd see those toys. You know, we work for hours on end, hoping for more because more must be better, right? Well, I don't know about you, but I've noticed that in my pursuit of more, it often leads me to anxiety. I actually don't know what to focus on because there's so many things grabbing for my attention, pulling me away from Actually, what matters most, the thing that frustrates me the most is so often, I know that these things shouldn't make me uh, mentally and physically exhausted, and yet they do. And I don't think I'm alone. I think our pursuit of more is actually draining us, causing us to lose focus. It's actually pulling our attention away from the things that matter most. And the byproduct that bugs me the most is this issue and and problem of worry. And so I'm going to turn now to Matthew 6. And actually, Matthew 6, we've been in this chapter over the last few weeks, and we've been talking about how Jesus has instructed us to give and to pray and to fast. But I'm going to head to the end of chapter 6 because Jesus has some instructions to us about worry. This is what Jesus says about worry in our lives. He says, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? You know, it's just so easy, isn't it, to worry about everyday life. To let You know, what we eat and drink and wear and where we go consume our everyday thoughts. But what Jesus is saying here is don't be consumed by those things. And not because we shouldn't, you know, have, not because it's not worthy to, you know, need to eat. And of course we need clothes to wear. But no, Jesus is actually trying to say the Father loves you so much. You are of so much value to him. Look at the birds. He feeds them every day. He loves you way more than that, and your worries can't add a single moment to your life. And yet, um, for many of us, uh, this is a struggle. I'm, I'm going to go back to that verse in a little bit, and we'll unpack it even further. You know, over the past few months, COVID-19 has made our lives simpler in some ways because some of the clutter has been forcibly removed from our lives. Right? Activities have been canceled, and sports have been canceled. My niece has played club volleyball for a couple seasons, and Her season just disappeared. You know, proms and graduations have been canceled, and seniors, we know that there's real loss there. There's grief. Trips have been postponed. Truthfully, I was supposed to be sitting on a beach right now. (laughs) School has been out and businesses have been affected. Much of the clutter has been forcibly removed from our lives. And yet, in many ways, our lives are just as complex as ever, aren't they? We are now juggling working from home and homeschool and the cooking. I mean, does anyone else's children need 524 snacks a day, or is it just me? Just me? Okay. Not to mention keeping your house clean. I mean, it's virtually impossible with six of us living here all the time and pretty much not going anywhere. I'm sure that Target has missed my trips strolling up and down the aisles looking for things that I don't really need but like. So some of the clutter has gotten removed, but some of it has been um, made complex, right, in this season. Is it just me or has the clutter shifted? It's just manifested in a different way right now. Clutter is still clouding what matters most, even though our circumstances have drastically changed. So what do we do about this? Well, today there's an invitation to clarify what matters most by embracing The practice of simplicity. When you think of simplicity, what do you think of? I think for some of us, we think of tasks. We think of cleaning out a junk drawer or, you know, emptying an an email inbox, or maybe clearing a calendar. But for others of us, maybe we we when we hear simplicity, we think, okay, that means like buying less stuff or getting stricter with making sure that I have time and space in my schedule. I think we have a natural curiosity when it comes to simplicity. I mean, many of us binge watched Marie Kondo's um, Netflix show that had us asking questions like, does this spark joy as we tried to simplify our lives? And uh, minimalism, it's a trend that many people have tried to embrace in the recent years, You know, embracing the simpler life. And then there are entire groups of people who embrace simplicity like the Amish. And of course, our Sullivan family knows much more about this because there are Amish communities surrounding them. And these men and women, they embody simplicity, don't they? They actually shun modern conveniences like electricity and cars, all in the pursuit of simplicity. So my question is this, is simplicity simply buying less and doing less? Is that what simplicity is? I think it's true that paring down our possessions and clearing up our schedule are actionable steps that people take when they're first going on a journey of simplicity, but I don't know that that's all that there is to simplicity. You know, let's say you clean out your closet. How good does it feel? Does it feel good for about an hour? That's what I've found, you know, feels good for an hour. I wouldn't really say though that it actually makes me feel closer to Jesus, So there has to be more to this practice of simplicity than just these outward steps. And there is. The true heart of simplicity is this, having a clear purpose. You see, without a clear purpose, we lack the rubric or the grading scale for how we spend our time, our energy, and our resources. And so what ends up happening is we live cluttered lives distracted, and divided. Without a clear purpose, we actually can't live the simple life. Now, the practice of simplicity is actually the combination of two things. It is an inward reality that results in an outward lifestyle. This inward reality is when we understand that simplicity is actually about having purpose, and actually the Bible's gonna tell us about our purpose, And then that results in these outward actions. We need both of these two things. And we can try to say like, well, I believe in simplicity in my heart. But if our life doesn't actually show simplicity, then we actually haven't practiced simplicity. And in the same way, we can say, well, I'm going to buy less. I'm going to do less. But if we don't actually understand the internal motivations, again, we're not practicing simplicity. So we need both of these two things. We need both the inward and the outward Expression, You know, each of us, we've been given a destiny, a purpose to fulfill. I love this. And when we say yes to Jesus, part of our purpose becomes reflecting his image and living in relationship with him and the people around us. So that's part of every Christian's purpose. But then each of us has a unique purpose. We are designed with skills and gifts, and what God does is he takes those skills and gifts and he matches it up with a problem in the world, and then he puts those two things together. And that is how we are able to live out um, our individual purpose. And this is where the practice of simplicity is so important. Listen, the practice of simplicity clears the clutter in our lives so that we can do our purpose. When we are actually able to embrace the practice of simplicity, we see what is not essential and we remove it from our lives. Our purpose produces priorities for us. You know I love words. Our purpose produces priorities and it removes the clutter from our lives, clarifying our commitments our calendar, our checkbook. Now, I believe that simplicity is an appealing concept to many people. I mean, you don't talk to people and they say, oh please, I'd rather have my life complex. People want simplicity in their lives and yet the world we live in is increasingly complex. It is chaotic. And so we find ourselves feeling like, well, I don't really know how to embrace simplicity or we've only tried to do the outward lifestyle of simplicity, we've tried to organize our house and yet life really doesn't feel simpler. And so today there's this invitation. Do you want freedom from anxiety? Do you want to stop worrying? Do you want to be able to make choices quickly and easily with how you spend your time and energy and money? Then embracing simplicity is the first step that you're gonna take in that journey. Okay, let's see what Jesus has to say about this because he is our source of hope. He is our source of strength. And remember, staying connected to him is what is actually gonna empower us to live the life that he wants for us and so i'm going to return now to matthew 6 and jesus is going to speak again he's going to speak to worries i'm going to reread part of that scripture to us and then he's going to talk to us about our priorities so this is matthew 6 30 or 20 30 again at verse 25 that is why i tell you not to worry about everyday life whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the fields and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. That is a powerful scripture. What is Jesus saying here? He is saying that worry is a weed. It pops up. It's obnoxious. It takes over our lives, robbing us of focus and filling us with anxiety. Everyday life, Everyday clutter clouds what matters most. You see, our preoccupation with what we eat and what we drink, what we wear, it's actually distracting us. And what Jesus is trying to do here in this passage is he's trying to show us how valuable and how precious we are to him. He says, look at the birds. And right now, isn't it amazing? I've turned into a little bit of a bird lady being home so much. I love to watch the birds and and notice what they're doing. God feeds them. They don't store their food. Look at look at the flowers. And right now, aren't the flowers so beautiful? And yet what Jesus says here is that Solomon in all his glory is not as beautifully addressed as these flowers. What God is trying to do is he's trying to show us how valuable and how precious we are to him. And that those things, are these, these external things, this clutter should not be our focus. And then he instructs us, what should be our focus? And he says this in verse 33, he says, Seek first the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God is God's rule and reign on the earth. And when we do this, Jesus' promise to us is that all things will be added to us or we'll have all that we need. Now, in the kingdom of God, Jesus is king. It's his kingdom, not my kingdom. I'm not in charge, thank the Lord, He's in charge and he is good and he is faithful and he provides. He owns the earth and everything in it. We can trust in him. You see, when we are in his kingdom, this reminds me of what our kingdom kids already declared today. We are made new. We are righteous. We are set free. We are healed. And then we are sent to share the good news of the gospel with the world. You see, what Jesus is saying here is there, there can be no room for clutter. There can be no room for distraction. The, the kingdom of God should be our focus. So I think we could say God first. That's how we are to move forward. And what happens is that when we embrace um, this verse and we allow it to, to work in our lives, we actually are embracing Simplicity because it's clarifying our first priority, the kingdom of God, God first. And from there, all of our other life is going to be simplified and clarified. When we embrace this practice of simplicity through the lens of this scripture, honestly, all the demands that come our way, they're easily placed into the priorities that they should be because we have the first thing first. The clutter gets cleared away and we are no longer actually obsessed with more. So this means that we put the first things first, that when the order is right, we can actually fit so much more into our lives and we can fit it in the correct order. When we put the kingdom of God first, then all these things will be added to us. God will provide for us, he will protect us, he will, he will give us all that we need. You know, have you ever gone on a long trip I'm a terrible car packer, but my husband is amazing. You know, I just kind of want to throw everything into the car. But Mike always stops me and says, no, no, no. We have to think how we pack this. We have to put the big things in first. And then we have to put the smaller things in so we can fit the most stuff in. Me, I just kind of throw everything in and that's never a good thing. What God is saying here is just like this. You have to prioritize the first things first. So if this clutter in our lives is actually consuming us, it's actually taking up our focus and our time and energy, we are going to feel like we live in complexity. But simplicity starts with understanding that our purpose is to live in relationship and reflect Him to the world. And that first is begins with this priority of seeking the kingdom of God first. You know, if we aren't seeking the kingdom of God first, then honestly, we're seeking the kingdom of self first, where I'm in charge. And man, the pressure, it's crippling because I have to provide and I have to make it happen. And what ends up happening is we live in anxiety. We live in worry. We live in fear. But when we seek the kingdom of God first, do you wanna know what happens? We live in trust. And this trust, it is both inward and outward. We, we live with this attitude of everything I have is actually a gift from God. Now, did I work um, alongside God at the job God provided? Yes. It's not, you know, I don't just sit back and say, oh, God's going to do it. No, I partner with him. But I know that everything I have is from God. He is my provider. And then secondly, I know that because he provides for me, he also protects me. I don't don't take on an unnecessary burden of of trying to protect my well-being because I know that God cares for me way more than I can possibly imagine. And then outwardly, this is expressed, this trust is expressed because I freely share what God's given me with others around me. What an opportunity we have where the world is hoarding. We can actually freely give away. You know, In the kingdom of God, actually, it tells us that it's more blessed to, to give than to receive that we are blessed to be a blessing. These are kingdom principles. This is how we live our lives. And so we we seek first the kingdom of God and the fruit in our life is trust. But you know what I think is, is one of the most amazing things that happens in our lives when we seek first the kingdom of God is freedom from anxiety. You see, when we seek first the kingdom of God, we are people of peace. We live in peace right now. I want you to take a moment. What level of anxiety are you living with right now? That is not God's plan for you. And I believe there's an invitation today to begin to embrace and practice simplicity because it is going to help you see that Jesus doesn't want you to worry. He actually wants you to be able to live in his peace. He wants to empower you, to help you understand that your purpose and your priorities so that you can live free from worry and free from anxiety. You know, I think we have to understand that simplicity is not the opposite of complexity. Rather, simplicity makes complexity bearable. Isn't that, it's kind of like, it gives me comfort. Simplicity isn't the opposite of complexity. The world is complex, but what simplicity does is it gives you the tools to say, this is my purpose and here are my priorities. And then a lot of that clutter can just be cleared away because we know what God has said about our priorities. Now, I'm always encouraged by stories. And so I asked my friend Yu Yu if I could share her story with you. Yu Yu is a pastor on our staff. And a couple of years ago, we were at a staff meeting and she shared about how she had been embracing this practice of simplicity. And so this is her story. In 2015, I was reading Mark 1 where Jesus was first calling his disciples and felt strongly that the Lord was asking me to follow him. Now, this was a little confusing to me because at that point in my life, I was leading four to five 14-day trips a year to do mission work in East Asia. My entire life was devoted to taking the message of the kingdom to people. Honestly, I was exhausted physically from all the work I was doing to follow him. So I asked the Holy Spirit to clarify, what do you mean to follow you? That's when verse 18 jumped out to me. At once, they left their nets and followed him. I had read this account many times before, but this was the first time the Lord impressed upon me that I was to leave things behind to follow him literally, not figuratively. This was interesting to me because I had already had a reputation for traveling simply When I went on trips, I would take my 21 inch suitcase for two weeks, only taking essentials, one pair of shoes, limited outfits, and training materials. I've always been an organized person, but as I looked around my home, noting everyday items, knickknacks, arts and crafts, and even photo books, I felt the father asking me, why are you keeping them? In that moment, I felt like Paul when the scales fell off his eyes. I could see what the father was inviting me into, a journey of simplicity. I felt the Holy Spirit empowering me to say yes to the invitation. Jesus began showing me how this was both an inward and outward journey. Almost immediately, I lost my appetite for material things. It was quite new to me to have no desire to purchase anything. He also took me on a journey of simplifying our home. Through lots of conversation with God and help from Him, I was able to dramatically purge and declutter, donating even beautiful and pricey items. The best part of simplicity is is the ability to make decisions. Deciding whether to keep or let go of physical things has sharpened me in my choices at work and with people. I am no longer affected by decision fatigue. I have even developed my own personal mission statement for life and for work. My yes is so big that I can say no easily to non-essential things, busyness, and even negative emotions. My purpose now feeds my priorities simplicity makes me examine what I value in life, be it things or people. Most miracles that Jesus did were done unexpectedly, on the way from point A to point B, not planned at all. The old me tried too hard to organize and control things. I am now leaving much space open physically, mentally, relationally, and spiritually for him to work miracles through me in my sphere of influence. Being organized is still my strong gift, but with so much less to organize, I am so much freer to be flexible and spontaneous. I am grateful that God loves us. God God loves me so much that he used the scripture of leaving the nets, empowering me to embrace the journey of simplicity. And now I am full of new freedom and joy to follow him. I have not arrived. I am still on a journey. We are never done learning, but here's what I do know. Less is more, less stuff, more space and time. Less stress, more joy and freedom. Less non-essentials, more focus and purpose. Jesus clears the clutter from our lives through the practice of simplicity. And Yuyu's story shows us this as she said yes to following Jesus. And then Jesus took her on this journey and it was both inward of defining and clarifying her purpose that resulted in this outward lifestyle change. This is both and. We can't want Jesus to just do this inner work and not expect there to be an outward change. And so this is what I believe the Father is saying. He wants to be first. God first, seeking his kingdom first. And when we get this right in our priority, in the order of our priorities, then all things will be added to us. This is the promise of Matthew six thirty three that as we put God first, that he's going to provide everything that we need. And I know the Holy Spirit's been talking to me. He's been talking to me about my purpose and he's been talking to me about my priorities. And he's reminded me, Jules, I'm first. I'm above your family. I'm above the church. I'm above the other things that you love to do in your life. And those things aren't bad. Those are things actually, many of the things that I'm actually called to. And yet, The priority, the way that we order our lives is so important. And I believe that today there's a grace. There's a fresh grace from the Holy Spirit to embrace simplicity. And it begins by seeking first the kingdom of God. The fruit in your life, you're going to lose worry. You're going to lose anxiety. You're going to replace those negative emotions with trust and with peace. Because that is what it means to live in the kingdom of God, to live as people in his kingdom, filled with his spirit, sent to share the good news with everyone. And so right now, I just want to transition into a time of ministry. Because I know that there is complexity in the world. There is weariness. that This is not an easy season. And you may hear this message and think, yeah, that's good for somebody else. I believe it's good for every single one of us. I believe there's an invitation to every single one of us to to actually get our order right in this season. As some things have gotten pulled away and other things are now vying for our attention, God's saying, no, stop, put me first. Because when you do, things will go well. And so right now, I just want you to, to put your hands out and I just wanna speak a blessing over each of us as we practice Simplicity as we, as we put Him first, and so Holy Spirit, I just thank you that right now you're meeting us, whether we're at a kitchen table or in our living room, whether we have children crying right now or dogs barking at us. God, you're here, you're in our midst, and you actually want to show us Jesus how to practice simplicity, how to prioritize our lives, knowing that our purpose is to reflect and relate to you. And so Jesus, we just say, come. And right now, I, I, I just break off anxiety, God. I break off worry. I break off complexity. And we just invite your Holy Spirit to now come with truth and with peace and with trust. And Holy Spirit, I pray for this week that you'd show us, God. You'd show us how our priorities are out of whack. You'd, you'd give us grace, Jesus, to take some time and some space to, to investigate, God, how we're spending our time, how we're spending our money, how we're spending our resources, God, God. And then I pray for some course correction. God, I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that you're building this secret history with us. We love you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Life Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.